0: Chips. Oh, Mr. Oliveira
1: with a cheeky goal. Hey, welcome to the four-two-three Soccer Pod. This is episode six. This is Jim. You can find me on Twitter at Chattagooner. And this is Todd. You can find me at GreatFootballer on Twitter. Your ears don't deceive you, folks. We are back like we said we'd be. We took a little break to talk about some things. Todd, what did we talk about?
2: talked about the direction we're going to take the pod. I think we're still going to be doing the post-match rant and or rave, depending on the result. And uh, we're still going to be doing the weekly pod. It's gonna Things are going to calm down a little bit, you know, going into this founders cup. We're going to get in like that one game a week instead of that crazy MPSL schedule. We're playing like four games in five days and trash like that. So I'm looking forward to it.
1: Great. Uh, I will say we you may have a, a, a new co-host in a couple of weeks and we'll more about that in a little bit. But first, what we want to talk about, I want to talk about. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the MPSL playoffs at all, uh, but I watched all of the matches like the crazy person that I am. Uh, We can
2: question uh, Jim's private and personal
1: life and what he does in that time. Um, Yeah. Anyone who sits and watches that much uh, lower league soccer. Yeah, I know. But out in the West region, so we had San Diego uh, beat FC Arizona 2-1. That match was was pretty interesting. It was very is very competitive. It was a little bit of an upset uh, with FC Arizona going down at home 2-1. In the Midwest, it uh, was probably the most competitive match with Cleveland coming back from a 2-0 deficit in the second half to, to tie Detroit to draw even in, in full time. And then in the penalty shootout, uh, they won three goals to two. Uh, Detroit really had I don't know if you watched that Detroit really struggled in the PKs they sent three over the over the crossbar um, didn't force the Cleveland keeper to make a save did that result surprise you a little bit a little bit uh, I mean I you know I, I watched, you know, I, watched the, the, I only watched the first part of the Cleveland Rochester match um, but I just didn't think Cleveland would have anything for Detroit and when Detroit went up 2-0 I thought that match was pretty much over I stayed watching it because I was interested to see what happened and they got countered once, um, and uh, you know, but Cleveland—I mean, Cleveland—stopped them, stopped their attack. And it, uh, but I was a little surprised.
2: Now, well, hats off to uh, Cleveland for going up to Detroit and, uh, and pulling out a win, no matter how they did it. So
1: then, the then, and uh, down in the South Region, as you know, uh, you know, Miami FC beat CFC to go to the final against Tulsa. Tulsa, and they won four-one. That match. Was not a four-one match. I don't know if you watched it. It was a, it was a lot closer than that. And near the end, when Tulsa was trying to push forward to gain an equalizer, um, they got opened up in the back, and, and Miami scored a couple of goals. So it was a four-one. I think uh, flatters Miami just a little bit. Um, and uh, but but it, you know, I think Miami deserved to win. And then in the North uh, Region, New York Cosmos uh, over FC Baltimore, Christos three to one. That match was pretty much dominated by. Um, by the, the Cosmos. I don't know if you want watch No surprise watch, there. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah. I,
2: if you look at the roster on the Cosmos, uh, once again, anything short of at least a finals appearance was going to be a major disappointment.
1: Yeah. And then in the semifinal matches, you had New York Cosmos against ASC San Diego. Uh, Cosmos uh, with the clean sheet, 2-0 over San Diego. San Diego played really well in the first half. I think they bunkered. They tried to kind of suck up some pressure, maybe counter, just never really got into the game. Uh, New York has just was just had too much talent for him, and then Miami FC over Cleveland uh, SC 4-1. Um, again, it was a pretty I thought it was a fairly competitive match. Uh, I can't remember it was. I think it was draw at halftime, and uh, Miami came uh, came back in that second half, made some subs, similar really to what they did against CFC and we're a different team in that second half and really just um, dominated the match and won 4-1. The only Cleveland goal coming on a real howler of a goal by the Miami keeper. I mean, it was a lame shot from outside the box, and he reached up with his hands, and the ball just went through him. And that was really – you know, Cleveland really didn't have – yeah, Cleveland really didn't – my excuse – yeah, Cleveland really didn't have a whole lot of of the ball outside of that. Um, So anything else come up? recently that you want to talk about there, Tom?
2: Well, I don't know. This this sets up a final, right, between uh, Cosmos and yep. uh, Miami and, and Miami FC. I mean, I think if you had just had to, like, you know, just they were betting in lower league USA, then I think these are probably the two teams that you would be Cosmos for sure, and, you know, you would have to consider Miami FC to be one of the favorites to get back as defending champions. Yeah. So I think this uh, – I mean, but if you look at it on paper, once again, I think you got to favor the Cosmos here. Uh, I just think they got a deeper squad. I think they got a, a better squad. Uh, it, I mean, that's probably a squad that competes at, at a higher level than yeah. where they're at for sure. You know, maybe even like at USL championship level. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may even be a playoff team in that league. Yeah. It, it, so, you know, you look at that, and I think they're the favorite going in. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And, you know, you may be looking at, once again, you are looking at the last time that the uh, Mi- that Miami FC will play in the NPSL. And who knows about the Cosmos?
1: Yeah, we don't really know about the Cosmos. There's, there's just kind of kind of floating around there. Um, you know, not really, not really a part of NISA, not really a part of the conversation outside of maybe an MPSL full season, maybe amateur. Um, you know, you've talked, at least we've talked offline a little bit about how you feel their court case may play into kind of what they're deciding?
2: That was that was kind of always my take on it. You know, they maintained the Cosmos B moniker, yeah. and I figured there had to be legal reasons as to why they did that. And then they've never been really upfront about, you know, hey, we want to go to this league or that league, and they've just kind of not been at the forefront. I just figured it had to be something to do with the lawsuit, and I didn't know how it would look if they all of a sudden went to a, you know, third-tier league and all of a sudden had all this success. I didn't know if that that might even undermine their court case.
1: Yeah. So – yeah, I think I think going into a league that is that complies with PLS probably uh, hurts their court case a little bit. And until their lawyers say no, you can go into that league, I don't think we're going to see them outside. I
2: don't think we're going to see them.
1: Yeah, maybe not. I mean, you know, they're kind to kind of drift around. I don't I don't know what somebody was. I was reading an article, and I can't remember which one it was, where they talked about uh, the potential for. The the owner of Cosmos to buy the Red Bulls.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, you know that wouldn't be the first time I, I've heard that. Yeah. and uh, I've said it in the past, like as soon as like Cosmos, if they were to jump into MLS, they would instantly be the by far the most popular and they would dominate number one if if the other two franchises maintained there and cosmos just came into the league and were fighting with red bulls and nycfc yeah I, they would have instant credibility and yeah. i think they would instantly be the number one team in that town
1: yeah yeah so it'll be interesting to see what what happens with them um just on the on the uh, academy front uh, i just wanted to know to all you academy parents out there i know preseason camp started today uh, i saw on the twitter account the the session went. We had a little bit of rain, but I think most of the guys and gals got out there and played. And then we have nine CFC Academies team teams, uh, excuse me, nine CFC Academy teams representing Chattanooga in state league this year. Uh, and so it, it's going to be cool to watch how they play in those games, what tournaments they have. Uh, I've reached out to the academy in hopes to 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 give us maybe a. a a brief um, periodic update on what the club, what the club and the academy is doing.
2: Sure, I'd, I would love to know the connection between uh, CFC uh, first team all the way down to the academy. Is like there a certain system that that we are looking to groom players even yeah. from the you know young ages all the way up? Or well, we know, might be talking to somebody
1: so. here in a minute Maybe. That, that might that might be uh, that might have something to say uh, about that. Uh, in club news, we want you know we want to make sure everybody, uh, all CFC fans and all other fans, go out there and vote for Galen for NPSL supporter of the year. You can look on on the tw- on the CFC Twitter account to the, to the for the link that you can go and do that. So, give him some love. Uh, we've got matches coming up. So, you want to talk about the matches coming up?
2: Yeah, yeah. So our first venture into the Members Cup. Not Founders' Cup. Rest in peace. So August 10th, we are going to have our first game against Cosmos uh, right here in Chattanooga at Finley Stadium. Uh, man, it's the first time that obviously the Cosmos have been back since that uh, famous uh, record setting uh, game back in championship game in 2015. And I'll be honest, I'm really excited for that match. Uh, that's a 7.30 kickoff. So uh, get your tickets for that. And then uh, the following week, we head up to the Great White North to uh, take on our brothers and sisters uh, in Detroit City. Uh, so I will be going up there. I'm staying with a friend, surfing the couch. It's going to be awesome going to the game. Where are you going to be?
1: I'm going to be on my couch probably on the 17th uh, because two days before that I'm having some surgery. So uh, yeah, we're going
2: to we're, we're, we're going to touch on that.
1: A yeah, little we'll, bit. we'll talk we'll talk about that maybe after after our guest. So I do want to now I do want to kind of introduce uh, who we're who we have on the podcast today. And we're, you know, it's it's really an honor to have on the podcast, uh, Mr. Tim Kelly. He's uh, an owner of uh, CFC. Has been here from the start. He's a Chattanooga, a Chattanooga guy. He has he has uh, owned several businesses around the area. And we're going to talk to him, ask some questions about, uh, you know, the history of CFC, the current, where we are now, and maybe what in, what a lot of people want to hear. What's next? Uh, where are we going? Maybe what, what are some things that the club is looking at in the, in you know, because I think there there are multiple ways this club could go. And so what are the, some of the things that the, that the board is looking at to make that decision? What are those questions they're asking themselves? What questions are they asking of other clubs, of leagues, uh, to see kind of where the club goes in the future? It's been a fairly interesting last year, and uh, I'd, I'd be interested to see how he feels about this past year. But really, you know, we're here now, where are we gonna go in the future? Let's do it. All right.
2: Hey, so here we are on the 423 Soccer Podcast and we are, uh, it is our pleasure and we are honored to have on our show,
1: Tim Kelly.
0: Hey man, how are y'all? And we're great. Yeah.
1: So we, we were just talking about you know what we normally do. When we talk to folks, we talk about their CFC testimony, mm-hmm. right? And it may be more apropos to ask you your lower division soccer testimony. Like, you know, what, what, why in the world did you decide, hey, you know, a lower division amateur soccer team in the in, in the southeastern, you know, southeastern United States? That sounds like a good idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've given a lot of speeches about this sort of thing, and it, and it really wasn't for love of lower division soccer. It was for love of soccer and love of Chattanooga. You yeah. know, when we started, it was me and seven other guys, and everybody kind of added their, particular angle or talent to it and uh you yeah. right over there and we all love soccer and we all kind of had this vision of what it could do for chattanooga we weren't thinking about the wider ecosystem or other teams right. anywhere sure. else we really weren't we were not thinking about anything but what could this do for chattanooga mm-hmm. and uh you know it we Caught a tiger by the tail, obviously. Um, Tell the story all the time. The first game, I vividly remember thinking we kind of. It all happened very quickly Um, within the first meeting. I I got roped in. I've told this story before because I knew Frank Burke, who was running the stadium at the time, and and uh, you know Sheldon actually called me and said, "Hey, can you call him?" And I worked out a really. A really great deal for us to play over there and I mean they didn't care there was nothing else happening the stadium was losing money right? and uh, you know that was that and at the first game we were thinking man, if we could get 500 people to show up that would be amazing and it rained that first night and there were 1600 roughly people there uh, and we kind of thought oh my god we're on to something you know yeah. so but that's all it ever was was in, in our vision statement which I cannot recite from heart by heart, rather, but uh, is is really about soccer as a tool to accomplish things in community yeah. in Chattanooga, and the fact that the model spread elsewhere is incredibly gratifying to us. But it's still yeah, about you, Chattanooga mainly for us. You were just
1: sharing with us the trip you yeah. took out out to California. Do you, yeah. you want to share? Uh, you know about?
0: Yeah. So I was out there for other other business car business stuff, but I was in Napa and in Oakland, and uh, both those teams. Uh, will tell me, have told me, uh, will tell anybody to ask them, I guess, that they were uh, directly or indirectly inspired by what we've done here and, and are trying to uh, copy the model. Uh, Oakland in particular, uh, you know, very well-founded organization in a, in a city that has a lot of similarities. You wouldn't really on the, on the surface probably look at it as being very similar to Chattanooga. But it's a city that's a little sort of an it's a, sort of an outsider city. It's right, yeah. a little disadvantaged. They got a little bit of chip on their shoulder, a bit like Chattanooga, and uh, you know they and they're very much dedicated to community and what soccer can do in the community. Uh, I stole an idea from them. They, they, they stole an idea from us. Great ideas do this, right? <laughs> yeah, right? They have these little circular stickers with their great logo. Yeah. On the back, they have their mission statement. We're oh, going to start doing sweet. that as well. That is nice. But, uh, yeah, it's super that sweet. That is nice. And uh, I'm really excited to see what those guys can accomplish because okay. they definitely get it. Yeah, Great. Yeah,
2: so obviously community is a huge part, and you're ingrained in Chattanooga. We know you have businesses here in Chattanooga. Uh, Your local guy. Did you play high school soccer locally? I
0: did. Yeah, I played at Baylor, uh, and I broke. I was a goalkeeper. Still play adult (laughs) league, and I broke one finger and snapped the tendon off the other. And so when I was uh, a junior, you know, the the orthopedic doctor. This is. We didn't wear gloves. Nobody wore gloves when I played goalkeeper. That's (laughs) how old I am. You know, and it, I think gloves were did just you have a coming little, into fashion. Did you have a cap? You no cap? No, little... no, no caps. But it was like, you didn't. Nobody. Wore, you were, you know, sissy if you wore gloves. So uh, I was like, I'd probably, I was playing in a band at the time. I'm like, you know, there's more girls there than there are playing soccer, so the hell with this. And then I went to uh, Columbia up in New York and was not nearly good enough to play, but I never fell out of love with the sport. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, so that was it. I'm, you know, I started playing Adult League when I realized they make. Finger save gloves that will keep you from hyperextending your fingers. I was back in the soccer business and have been playing adult league here ever since.
2: That's great. Yeah, I was just I was just talking to him. And, you know, it's like it's you know community is a is a big part of things and, and like you're invested in the community. I when you, when you look at it and, and, and I just said something you. How do you think that Chattanooga inspires larger cities? That's kind of crazy yeah. that Chattanooga inspiring teams in Detroit. Chattanooga is inspiring teams in Oakland. Chattanooga is inspiring teams. Name a big city, and, and it seems like there's their inspiration is being derived from here.
0: Yeah. I think it's because it's bootstrapped, because it's bottom-up rather than top-down. I mean, typically what you see is some guy comes in with a ton of money and, you know, drops it in to start a team. I, mean, I think we've seen that even locally here um, recently, but – it's kind of loud in here, huh? Yeah, uh, but you know, the, the fact that we were able to do it grassroots, really, from the from the ground up, uh, bootstrapped, like we there was no working capital to begin with. Uh, Daryl and crew wrote a check for the league entry, and that was it. And then it cash flowed off of ticket sales for many, 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 many years until we sort of started stepping it up to take it to the next level and taking bigger risks on exhibition games and things like that. So that, I think, is the thing that inspired them and uh, got a lot of people's attention because it wasn't, uh, you know, we like to say built, not bought, and it, and that's how, and That's what it was. Yeah.
2: So speaking of, I know that, like, the last year has been crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. So take us through the past year, like, What's been the biggest challenge over the past
0: 12 months? Wow. There's been a lot of challenges. Um, The biggest challenge, probably, I mean, I wouldn't say it was necessarily the biggest challenge. But, you know, we never had to worry about a competitive threat. We never based our marketing or anything based on a competitive threat. But, um, you know, thinking about that in the mix has definitely been new and different. Um, The biggest, you know, single challenge in the last year is probably... Pulling together, um, you know, a team of a higher caliber that can play not just a three-month season, but all all through the fall, uh, that's been a bit of a challenge. And then Uh, organizational challenges always, uh, you know, they're always tough. Putting together a team that can run the fun off as well and efficiently and... That, 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 that didn't just happen. I think people take it for granted, but it's... Uh, uh, well,
1: yeah, you, you've, you've talked a little bit about the uh, the challenge of putting together a team yeah. on the field. There's also, I would imagine, a challenge of putting the players on the sideline, oh, yeah. up in the booth, oh, yeah. in the front office. I mean, all y'all had other jobs. I oh, mean, that's the coach right. has another job. Yeah. The, all, everybody else has another job, and we're, you know you're moving, so you're bringing in professional players. What what challenge has that posed to you to say we're going to play a full schedule? We need a staff here
0: that yeah. full time. Well, that's it exactly, right? I mean, so we do have some full time employees now, and uh, and that's great. But yes, it it is a major challenge to get to get any team on the field or off the field. The front office team is a team just like the team on the field, and to get them. You know, all in sync and, and clicking is uh, its the same sort of challenge. So I mean, yeah. it hasn't been uh, uh, too, too difficult, but it's, it's certainly a challenge when, when everybody else, when most other people have got full-time jobs and yeah. other responsibilities. When,
2: yeah. when you look at the teams, I guess, across the country that are at this level uh, of CFC, and you think about making that jump that jump up. There are very few teams that could survive that. And you look at the volatility at this level. What do you think the biggest contributor is to that volatility and like teams dropping out and very few make it?
0: Yeah, look, it's it's a business. And I tell people this all the time um, when we're hiring and structuring for the front office. The problem with a business, I also have a motorcycle store, and I've used this analogy before. Uh, there's another uh, sexy business that I'm not in. That's but the, the, the problem is, sexy businesses. Sexy businesses tend to uh, tend to attract people who want to do the thing for the thing, right? So the, the mm-hmm. motorcycle business. You, I, I've interviewed hundred people that say, "I'm your perfect candidate. I love motorcycles." <laughs> wrong answer. Yeah. Right. T- completely wrong answer. You you gotta have somebody who understands the organizational duties and responsibilities and can make the thing function. Well, right. As as a business and an organization, it's not wrong to love motorcycles, but it's not the first thing. It's it's a it's an also thing, right? Same thing with soccer. A lot of people want to work in the soccer business because they love soccer. That is not enough. And I think a lot of soccer teams around the country fail because they they fail to see that you have to have fidelity and dedication to the to the organization uh, as a as a as a company and an entity before you do really anything else, right? So it has to survive. And that means you have to control expenses and you have to drive revenue. Like ticket sales matter a lot. Sponsorship matters a lot. If you don't sell, you know, that's roughly 50-50. If you don't sell enough tickets and, and sell enough sponsorships to cover the overhead, you're out of business, period. Plain and simple. It's it is a business at the end of the day, and and you know what's different about Chattanooga C, is that we hope that nobody ever really feels that or realizes it's a business because yeah. we never want it to feel commodified. But it is a business. Don't don't you know nobody should be confused about that. And and if if, if we can't uh, if we can't pay the bills and we can't keep going,
2: see, I think that's a lot of what we're seeing right now. Yeah. I, where I think for you guys, I think passion got you into it, right. and you had the the business acumen to carry it forward I think you're seeing a lot of people right now that are going into it strictly for the business aspect of it and the passions just not there right that's
0: uh-huh. right and it can't it's not again yeah, using the motorcycle analogy yeah you wouldn't want to just come in cold as a dispassionate like this is just another business nor would it nor should you be you know uh, should you lose sight of the fact that it is a business and, and, and you know if, if, if you're not like printing a little bit of black ink if you don't have enough money to keep going then you can't keep going right so yeah you're you're exactly right I think that's what you see in the MLS and USL is that people are purely looking at it as a business in the lower leagues unfortunately people are looking at it purely from the passion aspect and neither one of those models ultimately succeeds I mean you've got to have a blend of of both of them
2: my next question is really you had a follow up go ahead my next question is real simple what's going on with the founders members coach
0: well, you know, it, uh, it was a beautiful dream. Uh, and, and I don't think, for what it's worth, I mean, the, the premise that the Founders' Cup was based on, the original Founders' Cup, was printed in black and white right there in the U.S. soccer bylaws that you can register professional players through any direct affiliate of U.S. soccer. It's yeah. printed in the bylaws. Yeah. So you would take that uh, on its face, at its word, and say, well, then that's what we're going to do right we can we cannot go through the professional league standard system and do this i mean there's nothing cute or uh, clever or, or subversive about it right there there it is right why don't we just do this and then we don't have to worry about you know teams having to meet the, the net worth standards and all the other hoops you have to jump through for, for professional standards as it turns out um <laughs> That's not as easy as it was. Yeah. Because of the uh, insurance issues having to do with uh, professionals and non professionals playing together, and we don't have time to even go into that. I mean, a lot of it makes very little sense. Yeah. But, but it is what it is, and if you can't find an insurer to underwrite the risk, and you can't find a direct affiliate willing to change your insurance company, then that's the end of that road. So, um,
1: But this is not the first time. Certainly the Founders' Cup wasn't the only league that has pro and amateur players playing on the well, field. Well, the U.S.
0: Open Cup has yeah. U.S., you know, but, but one is ad hoc and the other is a, a, a regular league. And so, yeah. you know, as a business guy, anytime somebody says to me, because it says here – you know, anytime the lawyer says that, I, that's when my head explodes. Right? It's like yeah. this makes no sense. Yeah. But but look, some some battles are worth fighting and others aren't. And this is one where you know we'll see what happens down the road. But at the end of the day, our our main dedication was to, to play these games for our teams and for our fans. Right. And and we're and so we're doing it. We're you know we, again we drop back under the. Uh, the Aegis of the USASA, because a bunch, of, a couple of these teams that had professional players, uh, including the Cosmos, got got waivers to extend. Yeah. Um, and and God bless John Mott and the USASA for for doing that and the MPSL. So, but we essentially handed the keys back to you uh, to the MPSL to to run and administer the tournament. And at that point, um, it's not really. And what we were looking at before that was it's the whole thing governed by a separate entity. This, right. it's not. Yes, this is done by the, the NPSL, and therefore they had the right to change the name from Founders Cup to Members Cup, and and I think they're probably going to use this to um, announce, you know, an extended season sort mm-hmm. of thing for NPSL clubs. We'll, we'll see how that comes out in the next few weeks, but uh, yeah, that's it in a nutshell.
1: So you were you were you're just talking about going out to California and meeting the folks at Napa and yep. Oakland. Mm-hmm. What what was your response, the club's response, maybe other clubs' responses when Oakland said, Hey, we're going we're going we're leaving and we're going this way, when Miami said, you know, we're leaving and going another way?
0: Well Miami and Sean Flynn would tell you this if you were sitting right here, uh, Miami is a signatory on the on the you know if you really you know get into the sort of the, the legal details of the whole What's going on with the lawsuits and all that? So, sh- Miami and and Dennis Crowley and Kingston are mm-hmm. signatories to the right. to the case in front of the of arbitration for sport. Correct. And and in order to preserve the uh, the standing of uh, as a complainant, uh, Miami had to join a sanctioned professional. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, you know, that that's why they they pitched in with Nisa when they did. Okay. And at the time, I think. And I believe him. Uh, had the Founders' Cup thing panned out, uh, Ricardo Silva's got plenty of money, I think they would have jumped back over the rail and, pl- and played out the season with us. There are other issues in Florida having to do with workers' comp, yeah. which would blow yeah. your mind I saw if you walked through them. It's just mind-blowing, wow. yeah. really stupid stuff. But complications that were ultimately insurmountable. Uh, Oakland, you know, um, I, 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 sympath- I, mean, I was not happy about it at the time, but... Uh, Sympathized to the extent that they've gone out and sold a bunch of season passes. Man, they're they've got investors and they got fans, and you know they they, they needed to show something of, of substance that they were going to be playing soccer in a real league. And you know, I guess uh, they you know they made the decision they needed to make at the time. So uh, uh, they were very apologetic when I met with them. And I, look, I understand. Like I'm not mad about it anymore. At the time, I was pretty pissed off, but. Uh, uh, but, no, I mean, look, we get it. And, and I should say this. Uh, NISA, we, we were in the yeah. very first right. NISA I meeting. I still have yep. the table card from, you know, day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, NISA shares all of our philosophical goals for what should happen in U.S. soccer. A hundred percent. Right? I mean, uh, we have our issues with the professional league standard system and, and – uh, you know, but they're not huge issues, and they're not insurmountable issues, so, you know, we'll see where all that goes, but we don't have, uh, you know, we don't have any, you know, philosophical or economic issues with these
1: So, when, you know, we've got games through October, right? We've yeah. got your matches through October. Right. Everybody's wondering, you know, what next? Mm-hmm. What What is the, I guess what, I, what I'm interested in is what are the things that the board is looking at that... Yeah. Like, what is your decision uh, formula kind of look like? What are the, you yeah. know, what are the non-starters, yeah. and and what are the things when you're looking at the around? There aren't that many options. There's right. MPSL regular. There's this MPSL extended amateur season that may or may not happen, yeah. and then there's NISA. Yeah. Um. So you're looking at that. What you know, when, what are you guys looking at, and what are you? So what are the factors that go into that decision?
0: Back at the. Um, when we did the soccer summit here back in March of 18, we sort of wrote up this whole manifesto about yeah. you know what we were trying to accomplish. and If you've seen that, I can send it to you if you haven't. But, um, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the essential thesis of it is that you know, games are revenue events. We need enough revenue to be able to continue to do what we're doing. Nobody, yes. nobody's putting any money in their pocket over this, but you, you know, but we, games are revenue events, and we need more games. You know, if that's the case, so how do we get more games? Well, uh, you can't play a three-month season with college students and have more games because they got to go back to college. Right. So the only route is to go professional or semi-professional or use players who are out of college in essence, right. right? So that's what that's what led us to that essential realization. And anything that allows us to do that uh, in an economical way, in a way that meets our, meets our or it doesn't at least conflict with our philosophical uh, tenets is going to be acceptable. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, we have the good fortune to be able to do uh, either of those things potentially, and we're, we're considering all of our options. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, is there a timeline that we can? Yeah, pay? yeah. So, I, you know, you'll, um, I think, and before I get off the podcast, I should say, we're, you're, you're going to see a lot more very, very soon, like in the next day or two, about uh, supporter ownership election of the, of the board seat. Oh, we'd, okay. we'd really like to have that board member on the board before we, before we officially vote on this uh, because, we, you know, we, we want all the input we can get. Uh, but I think you'll see a decision, you know, not more than six weeks away. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It'll, it won't be after the. It will definitely not be after the the members cup. It, it will be at some point during during that season.
1: So we we just finished a season. Yeah. What was your What was your take takeaway from this this version of uh, Chattanooga Football Club?
0: Uh, I wish it hadn't rained so much. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I'll second that one. Yeah. I'll second yeah. that absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I used to kind of laugh about it, but now I'm seriously like, man, can we talk Finley into putting like a cantilever, to, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. canopy out over the at least the top, you know? But seriously, I mean, we, we we figured it up. It, it rained or threatened to rain, you know, heavily yep. at nine of eleven matches. Yeah, like that has never ever happened to us. Yes. Uh, and you know, again, it, that stuff matters, man. It does. Our, our attendance is down, and we spend a lot of time agonizing: well, Is that the Red Wolves? Is that the weather? You know, is that what's going on? And you know, we think it's the weather, but um, it's probably a little bit of everything, right? But uh, it's it, it's not helpful, man. You know, we need some four or five thousand. Intended games right. to, to, to meet our numbers. And so, uh, you know, uh, we need, to, we need to push that harder for the fall. And this, this fall will be super interesting. It's the first time we will have gone up against uh, gridiron football. and the weather will be better, it'll be cooler, but it'll be it'll be really fascinating to see. On the on the field, I think it's probably what you're more asking about. Um, you know, look, I mean, we couldn't have been happier. I mean, we've got a great team; they play extremely well together. Um, couldn't ask for much more there. Um, we're we're they're, those some great group of guys, and hopefully, they'll really, really come together this fall.
2: Yeah. Kudos on the friendlies this year. Yeah. Outstanding oh, friendlies. Yeah. I mean especially at this level in America, I don't I don't think there's a, even a close second out there. Yeah. And and probably even at higher levels there's not a close second. Uh, and I absolutely second the weather in the fall. The the idea of watching a game out here on a nice September day in the mid sixties oh is yeah. just unbelievable. Especially if you set out here in June, July, you know, and roasted at you know ninety five yeah. degrees. So That's right,
0: exactly. So we have to believe we're gonna you know, people come out of the woodwork for that because for most people that aren't hardcore fans, right? It's a fairly casual decision. It's like, yeah. hey, I'd love to go CFC, but I'm not going to go sweat, get drenched, <laughs> suffer and any. You know, I mean, seriously, you got crazy you've, to do you've that. Talked and, to yeah, you've and, yeah, talked to my right, wife. You've clearly talked to my wife or mine. I mean, my <laughs> wife's like, I don't, you know, no thanks, I'll pass. So uh, yeah, we're looking forward to some nice crisp fall weather. Yeah,
2: I would just like if if CFC were to go fully uh, into a professional league hypothetically let's just say this would maintaining a uh, under 23 squad or an NPSL squad would that be a pretty high priority to connect the path to pro?
0: it it would be a priority I wouldn't say it's a super high priority but it would be a priority um you know we we need to be able to you know develop players and move them along and so uh there are a lot of conversations going around about what that might look like uh there are plenty of opportunities i mean there's the upsl there's the npsl mm-hmm. there's there you know so but yes i mean the, the, we need a developmental squad and we see that as a we see that as an opportunity um, you know in and of itself to draw in new fans and, and draw in new players so we're not. A, we're you know. We're, we're trying to figure out first and foremost where that first team. What's the right decision for that first team? And I think that decision will will follow as a secondary consideration. But
1: yeah, I, I think the I think the focus on the men's team makes the senior team makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot. We've read a lot. We had a women's World Cup this past summer. That was. Yeah. and You've seen you've seen the growth of WOSO, which I didn't even know. Woso was a, a thing, <laughs> yeah. um, but so people are asking and thinking, "What? Where's CFC women?"
0: Yeah. Well, uh, probably don't need to go into it today. But you know, the way that we lost our yeah. women's team was fairly uh, sorted and uncool, yeah. and uh, we were none too happy about it, as you might imagine. Yeah. Uh, and there's still a lot of hurt feelings about it, but. Look, I mean, I'm happy that the women are playing. I'm happy that there is a women's team here. Again, very frankly, we we don't have an endless supply of uh, of, of resources. So what we're really looking for now, and we are looking, uh, just way the, the way the women's team came about to begin with, was finding the right partner. To I mean, look, I've always had the philosophy that a women's team should be run by a woman. Yeah. What a concept, right? <laughs> and 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 the you know the original women's team we had was. Started um, was again, we, we wanted to find somebody that was trusted and kind of hand them the keys. Uh, we, we did that um, to, to a group of men who had daughters playing. It didn't really work out like we hoped, it wasn't a disaster or anything, but it just it didn't pan out. It wasn't yeah. on brand, the board wasn't very happy with it. And then a woman stepped forward who said, look, you know, why aren't aren't women playing? And, you know, look, I felt a moral duty at the time. to say, let's let her try. And this was the time of the last Women's World Cup, and she did. And, uh, you know, when the the other team came to town, they, I don't think seduced is too strong a word, uh, seduced her. And... I a bunch of stuff, and she went out the door with the keys in her hand, and yeah. we probably could have done a better job protecting our intellectual property and all that, but we trusted her and we got burned, you know. So mm-hmm. that's just the reality of the situation. So we're we're we are um, we have been talking to some other some other folks and some entities that could pick up the ball and run with it. Um, and, and that's what we need. We, we, we need to find the right partner, and if the right partner's listening, you know, please get in touch with, with me or somebody in the front office. Uh, we would love to find somebody who's willing to sort of take it on uh, alongside us with, you know, what we provide is brand support, coordination, and, um, uh, and, 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 you know, other administrative support. Yeah. We can't field you know, two teams top to bottom as a, as a vertical controlled exercise. Yeah. And and that was never the case with the women's team in the first place. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I guess, you know, we, he touched on it with the U23 team. You alluded to development of players. And this is, you know, I have a personal stake in this. I've got a 17 year old yep. who will be on the, the CFC Academy uh, team, the O2 team. Yep. Um, what do you see as the tie-in because I, you know I, as, a, as a parent of my older son has aged out yep. there didn't appear to be a real close tie-in between the academy and the, and the senior team It's why I really I really um, like seeing Sheldon be on the board of yes, the academy for sure uh, and so you know he, he could we ask him to be here he's off with kids doing yeah, something exactly what
0: should know, the be doing? kids getting
1: the kids get in the way of great plans yeah. um, but what do you see as the, the tie-in between the academy? And, and the senior club. Because you know, we've got so, some kids that just left here graduated, oh yeah. and graduated. And, and they're playing D1. They're playing D2. Um,
0: so Sheldon deserves a purple heart and a gold and a bronze star for – because, you know, a lot of people don't realize this was as or more difficult a year for the academy as it was for the, for the first team. More difficult in some ways. Yeah. Because uh, the other team that came to town – when they, I think when they realized they weren't going to have as much success, you know, head to head on the field, they went at it full bore to sort of co-opt our academy yeah. and hire away yeah. a lot of the academy coaches. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the whole thing was, was grotesque. In a lot of in a lot of respects, and in in some ways more offensive than what happened with the, the first team, so uh, it, it was hugely stressful. And Sheldon, you know, bore up under it well and spent a lot of time and energy that that he could have. And, and you know, again, there's only so many of us to go around, um, shoring up, uh, helping shoring up that academy. And 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 a lot of the board members spent time in strategic meetings with the academy the academy board figuring out you know what's the way forward so steve hariyama obviously we've Mm -hmm. identified and hired he came on board and he's been fantastic and great and i think things are finally um, stabilized and good and we've got a little over 400 kids i think in the academy now and and you know they've got theirs and that's all well and good but I i think things are just now you know calming down to the point where we can really look at um, I mean, I should say, like, one of the great things that came out of this is that Steve works for the for team. He works for the team and is sort of leased to the Academy. So oh, okay. we have finally cemented... What, one of the problems we had with the Academy before is the Academy was a completely separate entity. Yeah. And if they wanted to pay attention to what we had to say, they could. If they didn't, they could tell us to go pound sand. Yeah. And, and while you can argue that that's good in some ways for the Academy... It's not right. It's a lot of people. We were we were uh, a little shocked to learn when the when the shit hit the fan. that out that you know that the academy was as frustrated as we were. Like we wanted to be closer to the academy, and the academy wanted to be closer to us. Yeah. And the the people who shall remain unnamed, like Voldemort, uh, who were in the middle and in the way, were just were disseminating to both sides about the truth of the situation. So that's no longer the case the, yeah. the academy and and the team are uh are, are closer than they've ever been and i can say that honestly than they've ever been uh and i think actually um uh, they're they're they're, they're going to add another academy board member who is affiliated with the team in some way so i you know but we're just now really at the point where steve and sheldon and those guys have the mm-hmm. time and the bandwidth to look at how to knit them to knit the two organizations closer together I can assure you that that is definitely what's happening. That's great. Yeah. That's
2: one of the most exciting things I've, I've heard to be honest with you yeah. because you know as well as I do when you look at other club structures around the world like if you're not the top you know one of the top dolls like Real Madrid or some yeah. team like that then you're so dependent on developing talent and selling it on to the next level right. to, to maintain solvency. Right. So yeah. you know kind of doing that I've just kind of been excited to see that first kid that went you know from the under sevens all the way up into the first team and, and have him right there and maybe be sold on to some big club one. Yeah. It's just that's just pie in the sky at the moment, but still. So you no, I 100
0: percent agree. That's always been our dream, and you get a little bit of that with Caleb Cole because Caleb was a ball boy and yeah. I played five minutes and then went away to Pennsylvania and came back. But look, that's yeah. from the very beginning. Uh, that's why we we got it. Well, we got into the academy thing because there was a big blow up back in what would have been 2012 or 13, and mm-hmm. everything fell apart. We saw the you know the opportunity to really. Kind of unify the tribes, as it were, under under the CFC flag, not for our benefit, but for the benefit of local soccer. And but but that said, what we really really wanted to see is precisely what you described, right? A, a, a kid come up through the ranks and play for the first team on the field, because that honestly is what puts butts in seats and and uh, and gets everybody fired up. Yeah.
2: Speaking of teams overseas, you seem like a respectable. But
0: let, let me ask this
1: question. You
2: know what? You know, I think this is fair. Let me ask I'm this question. I'm just going to pass this one off to my co-host.
1: Have, have you always hated yourself, or was it just when you started being a Spurs fan?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm a Spurs fan. I come out, honestly. I uh, My sister lives in London, not in North London, but uh, I'm, you know, I'm an old goalkeeper from way back, so yeah. the only I've ever wanted to play on the field, and uh, Casey Keller, I guess, was the first oh, yeah. keeper to play okay. yeah. in the Premier League, and he played at Tottenham. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, uh, everybody's got their reasons, but, you know, it's funny, when it sticks, it sticks. And, yeah, it does. And there you have it, you know. Yeah. So, uh, In the
1: I've, case of Tottenham, kind of like a, a, like a, a virus or a plague.
0: You could say that, you know. I mean, I've got an Arsenal uh, jersey hanging up in my – in my, uh, in my closet or had one. I have cut it up and used it for toilet paper or something. But, uh,
1: it's not an Atabaior jersey, is
0: it? Uh, no, no, no. It's just kind of uh, you know, like a polo that somebody gave me at some point. Uh, just for those of you who very can't very see, they
2: are within yeah. arm's length of each other, yeah. so yeah, there is no barrier between them.
0: No, look, I actually, I can honestly say this. I shouldn't say it. I mean, my English friends would, or uh, my, uh, my Spurs fans, English friends would not be happy with it, but I don't hate... There are English clubs I hate more than Arsenal. Yeah, Chelsea. That's right. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, precisely. You got it. We Chelsea, all, as we like to call that's it. That's right. We but, can all yeah.
1: we can all unify.
0: Yeah, in that's our, right. In our, so,
1: so, I, I just oh, don't know how to take of my that enemy,
0: that enemy is my friend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to feel mm-hmm. about that, considering yeah. the American Messiah will now be well, playing like Chelsea. Like I tweeted recently, I want Pulisic to play very well and
0: Chelsea to get relegated. <laughs> so. that's, that's perfect. <laughs> I mean, that that we can agree on that. That would be awesome. That would really be great.
1: Well, hey, it has been great to sit down yeah, with man, you. I think I, you know I, I want to do it again at some point, yeah, and uh, no you know uh, it's you know we've talked to a lot of people about uh, their CFC kind of testimonies, and, and and my personal kind of you know I started following probably in in 2010 a little bit, and I think we got season tickets in 11 or 12 for the first time, c- kind of connected through my kids through the academy, yeah. right? Um, and it's you know. I, to bring to kind of bring it back to my EPL club, Arsenal released the, a new kit, yep. and they put a video out that really tied the team into the into Islington, into that North London community. And and I, I was talking to uh, Tim from the You're Smarter Than nice Us podcast yeah. set down in Asheville, mm-hmm. and a, about like CFC is a metaphor for Chattanooga for me, and, it, and it's a it's it's why I like coming. It's why I look. It's one of the reasons why I look forward to summer. Um, it, it is it is what Chattanooga is I and, agree and uh, you know I, for you and the other owners and the other guys that put in the in the gals that put in the tireless hours to bring us the club you know thanks well you're, I mean it's, you're uh, it's we uh, love it's,
0: it we, we, that that warms my heart to hear because we that's exactly the reason we do it. yeah I mean we do it for precisely that reason because it is t- t- in so many ways a microcosm of Chattanooga and the spirit that sort of drives Chattanooga yeah. and uh, it's not like anything. I mean, I've been involved with a bunch of different organizations and businesses, and it's the most gratifying thing that I've ever done. You know? it, it, for, for sure. Well, I don't we, see will, that we will. We will be out. here.
1: We yeah. will be here on the tenth, and some of us will be there on the seventeenth in Detroit. That's awesome. And to as well. And we were. Uh, we'll be there, kind of rooting on the team as we go forward into whatever whatever future. Yep. I, I think it's important for me as a supporter. It's club over league right you yeah, know, you know they, yeah. they they seeing where you go we will follow right. and that is you know that, I think that is that's certainly what I think well and, uh, I should
0: I should mention this for the people that are supporter owners uh, again it should have been announced today we got a little behind with our homework but uh, you know we'll, we're, we're going to be announcing the process for nomination for the board seat shortly. And the plan is the the nominations will close just on the 10th or just before the 10th. Okay. And the people who've nominated maybe have an opportunity to introduce themselves at the game on the 10th. Oh, And then the election will happen between the 10th and the 24th, and the 24th will announce the, uh, the new board member.
1: Awesome. So that's great, uh,
0: and some other stuff. I think David David has got uh, some owner merchandise. And stuff yeah, we, we yeah he
1: gave so. us a he yeah. teased it on Twitter, and yep. I was about ready to get get you know my all my squad down and head down to Winder Binder to find that scarf because that scarf is that scarf was yeah. legit. I need a 39th. ninth.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I need absolutely. a 39th scarf. <laughs>
2: and for people on social media, where can they find you on Twitter?
0: Uh, I believe it's at Timothy A Kelly. Timothy A. Kelly, which is only because Tim Kelly was already taken. Uh All right. Well, look him
2: up on Twitter. He's one of the uh, more outspoken uh, owners on soccer uh, on Lower League uh, America. So uh, look him up. He's a good follow. And uh, once again, we just want to thank you for spending the time with us tonight. It's been an honor and pleasure.
1: Yeah, thanks so much. And, and again, we want to give thanks to Chattanooga Brewing Company to allow us to kind of sit down and take up one of their tables and take a little bit of their power. Um, it's great to be here, right next to the stadium. We saw the guys and with practicing the, uh,
0: with the barrel. Yeah, we got the friends. barrel behind
1: us. We oh, got, wow. we got, we got all kinds of. of the way, Detroit. around. Detroit, um, if you're listening,
0: that wall might be my proudest thing. You know?
2: At Detroit, if you're listening, uh, we have your trophy,
0: <laughs> and we're not giving it back. <laughs> oh yeah, it has been great to have
1: you, thanks, and uh, and uh, we'll see you. We'll see you soon. Yeah, man. All right, thanks. thanks.
2: And once again, we'd like to thank Tim Kelly, chairman of uh, chairman of the board for CFC, uh, for spending some time with us tonight. And uh, wow, it's it just a really great interview. I, I felt like uh, his answers were far better than our questions.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, so. but it, it's all—it's all, it's good to hear from him. It's good to hear from the front office. It's good to hear kind of their thoughts a little bit about. I mean, you know, I think a lot of us have heard the kind of the origin story of cfc but again it's to to hear him talk about it to hear him talk about where we are now and what what we might be in the future it was really cool and i hope we have him on again um you know in the in the future after we find out maybe in the spring to have him back and and talk about stuff it's it it was cool to have him on and i I really i'm really glad that that we did Uh, you know it's it was honor i was honored to have him on the podcast and um so yeah it was really cool
2: yeah thoroughly enjoy it look forward to having him back
1: So, really, we're going to tie this up. I just wanted to mention, you know, I I will be having some surgery uh, on the 15th of August. And so, Todd's going to man the post. Uh, I'll be here for the – we'll do a post-match rant after the uh, Cosmos game on the 10th. And then you're going to be heading off on the 17th to Detroit, probably take the stuff with you, maybe get some cool audio at the game. Um, I think that would be cool. And, and then so we'll have a rant after the after the Detroit match, and I hope to be back after. Well, I'm not sure who's on the 24th. Um, I believe it's oh the Michigan Stars. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna be trying to be back by the 24th and do a post match rant. So just stick with us while we're doing this. Todd's gonna be here. We're gonna have some guest hosts. I think we'll try to find somebody, um, and I'll be thinking about y'all. Uh, again, the the next match is CFC versus the New York Cosmos. Do you have any thoughts about that match coming up? Look, I'm just really interested to see what happens in that MPSL
2: final. Uh, we'll see, you know, how long that game goes. I mean, you wonder if there's going to be any, like, hangover from that from uh, for uh, Cosmos, whether they win or whether they lose. Uh, I think it'll be interesting, and I know that they're going to come down here, and I don't know if there's any layover players from that team that came down here back in 15. I doubt it, yeah. but uh, there might be a few, and uh, I think is really going to show up for that game, and, uh, and I'm just really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, you know, please come out. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a fun match to be at. I, I, I do think it'll be a it'll be a good turnout. I, I'm of two minds on the match. I mean, I, you know, one thing CFC will have not played for a while, so sure we'll be rested. We had some guys banged up. We should have some players that we haven't seen since the beginning, maybe of the NPSL season, back and performing in positions where we might need some kind of depth and assistance. But on the flip side, you know, there's a rhythm to soccer. And, and, and the Cosmos have been playing. And yeah, they're gonna have a match, but they're gonna have seven days rest. I mean, it's not like they're playing on a Wednesday and coming to us on a Friday. So it's gonna be interesting to see if, if CFC comes out a little rusty because we, we're, we've been off for a little bit or if we're really well rested and have an opportunity for some players to come on that we haven't seen in a while. Um, and some players that you know, I think you and I have both talked about. Yeah, two, the two players that come to mind for me is uh, is Ruben, yeah. uh, uh, Morales, and
2: uh, Ginky. Yeah. I mean the the idea that Ginky, we saw him very early in the in the season. And man, he looked great. And we all knew he was playing out of position for the most part. I mean, he was playing at center back. He's yeah, center back, yeah. And uh, in his mobility, I was like, wow, that guy moves great for a yeah, center back. Exactly. And I was surprised. Surprise. He's not a center back, right? So, uh, but the guy's really got a motor, and and you can just tell by the way. Uh, I mean, I've been watching him uh, just warm up the other night. You know, with the ball, he's he's another level, uh, just high level player uh, to put out there. And I think he's going to be a difference maker. And just to get the depth back, like you said, to get Ruben back. I know he's had a long term injury. Um, you know, it'd be nice to get him back.
1: I, so, as, as you were saying, we're you know, we're look, I'm looking forward to seeing that player out on the field uh, and and the other guys help rested and healthy, and uh, it's going to be fun.
2: Yeah, and see if that uh, hamstring's uh, healed up for Lima.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: Cause, yeah. Because yeah. he, he busted that thing in the in the Miami game. I couldn't believe, you know, when you talked about how long he stayed in there, and we knew he had pulled it good. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see if that, that keeps him out for a yeah. uh, moving forward
1: so again we will do a post-match show uh right after that match uh and and so stay with us for that um share the podcast with your friends we you know we we certainly like to hear what you have to say about what what we're doing and so uh, share it with friends and uh and then let us know uh kind of write what write what you want to write on our reviews on itunes give us a five-star review and then talk about todd so um (laughs) You can find us on Twitter at 423 Soccer Pod. Uh, I will do I will say, uh, if, if you've been on Twitter today, you might see that we have some friends on the podcast universe in the podcast universe. So I haven't listened to them yet, so I don't know if I should tell you to go check. No, I'm just kidding. Go check them out. Go, go check them out. It, I think, uh, if I'm getting this right, it is at Section 109 Podcast. Uh, and so check them out. We will uh, – you can – maybe I'll give them a link on our Twitter account so you can find them. So check them out. I think they told me. Talk to the guys tonight. They're going to release a, an episode soon, maybe the next day or two. And so we'll be looking forward to working with them uh, in the future. Again, you can find us at 423 at Pod. Again, this is Jim. You can find me on Twitter at Chetaguner. And this is Todd. You can find me
2: at Great Footballer on Twitter, and don't forget to look us up on Facebook. Uh, We're the Four Two Three Soccer Podcast
1: on Facebook as well. All right, I think that'll be it for, it, uh, for today's episode. We'll see you uh, see you soon. Go CFC. Go Blues. <laughs>
0: Shuffle off the other side of the crossbar. Nice little chip. Oh, Mr. Oliveira with a cheeky goal. <laughs>